Listening to the SDSU Football Podcast, presented by the East Village Times, with your hosts Andre Hagverdian and Paul Garrison. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of the SDSU Football Podcast. I am Andre Hagverdian, and I'm joined, as always, by Paul Garrison. Today's episode, we have interviews with two Aztec senior leaders and stars. Uh, first up is Patrick McMorris, um, Aztec Safety. Uh, Paul um, did that interview solo as I was uh, unable to make it due to a prior commitment. Um, Paul did a great job with that one. And then both Paul and I had a chance to speak with Jordan Bird um, so that we will also um, play that one for you. Hope you enjoy it. Our first special guest is senior safety Patrick McMorris, who was named first team All-Mountain West in 2021 in his first year as a starter at the Aztec safety position. He led San Diego State with 90 tackles and four interceptions last year, while adding two and a half tackles for loss and nine pass breakups. Aztec Nation, I want to welcome Patrick McMorris to the SDSU football podcast. Pat, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Good, man. Thank you for uh, being a guest and coming on here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So take us back, man. You played um, some as a, as a true freshman on special teams, but as a sophomore, man, you got one start against Nevada. Um, what, what do you remember about, you know, that game and, and then preparing you as you're, you know, moving forward? Uh, man, the most thing I remember is just, uh, kind of being nervous, you know, first college, uh, game starting, um, and, uh, you know, I was, I was told, uh, beginning of the week, so I had that week to prepare. Um, but, you know, um, just being in a situation, it's a way game in Nevada. Um, even though there was no fad in the COVID, it was just, um, it was definitely a different feeling, uh, going to that game. Um, I definitely, I felt like set me up, uh, confidence wise, um, to perform, um, last year. So you uh, obviously replaced Dwayne Johnson for uh, that game. You had a family emergency. Um, what, what did you learn from him um, in the position and just that you've been able to take into your game? Man, I learned practically, um, I want to say, a uh, majority of the things I know is just from him, watching him uh, during practice um, and games, um, uh, watching him on film. Um, yeah, just a lot of things. Um, just the position really, because this is a different position um, than what I was used to playing in high school. Um, so coming in as a freshman, having to learn the position, um, he definitely uh, took me under his wing and uh, just kind of just said, hey, man, uh, just pay attention to me, um, do these things and, and you'll just be just fine. So um, that was another thing that uh, helped me uh, just kind of smoothly just move in and, and be confident within my position. So now going back to spring after DJ left, um, you were a question mark for about a week. <laughs> and then after about a week, the coach says, no, we got a player here. This, this guy is going to be, we're fine. We're not, we're not worried about our aspect position. So what was your mindset, you know, coming back into spring camp, only one start, you're replacing an NFL player. Um, what was your mindset going in and how were you able to so quickly cement yourself into that position? Like I said, I've, I've, I was watching, I've been watching DJ. I've been uh, 
you know, talking to him, um, watching film is just really applying myself to learn position as best as possible, as well as um, kind of just knowing what everybody else is doing a little bit. Um, definitely the the back five, um, understanding what we're, what we're doing back there, just loving to compete. So just not not knowing that um, I'll have that starting position uh, fueled me more to just um, better myself. Nah, and you did that, man. Not only did you better yourself and get the starting role, man, but you were a star last year. First team all-conference, led the team 79 tackles in the center of so many different plays that, that people can look back on and think about. But tell us, take us through that year, first year as a starter, and then all the success that you were able to have. Just, shit. Well, first of all, just being blessed to be, uh, be healthy throughout the whole season. Little dings here and there, but... Uh, being able to just play all throughout uh, those games. It was definitely, like I said, it was, um, you know, I, I had that one start my sophomore season and then going to my junior season, there's still some like, question marks because now everything's on you. Everybody's relying on you to uh, set down position because Dwayne did such a good job uh, prior to prior to me doing it. Yeah, just going out there and just trying my best and uh, just trying to uh, run to the ball and just uh, do my job. Um, within the defense, um, knowing that I have, you know, had Cam Thomas up front, Keyshawn, Jonah, having those guys up front kind of just made it as well it's easy for me to just do my job, especially with my linebackers as well. Um, Luby, Caden, Alecki, all those guys. So, you know, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it seemed like as the year went on and you became more comfortable in the position, not that you were ever uncomfortable but it seemed like you started to make plays that just were outside of the script, outside of, you know, exactly what I'm thinking of Boise State and the interception that you had on the sideline where you just went and made a play. How, how does that comfort level allow that instinctiveness that you have to come out? Well, first, the comfort level is just kind of, like you said, just the, uh, playing, uh, continuously playing, and then um, just being told by my coaches, just play, uh, just do you, and then kind of like not trying to, be uh, you know Superman trying to do everything just doing my job so like you talk about that interception versus Boise it was kind of a broken play Noah Tumblin had to run with his guy off the motion and then me noticing that I'm like okay he's probably gonna be open and then me just being in the my cover my cover two zone just playing that and then making a play on the ball so just being comfortable um having my coach coach's confidence within me to um, make those plays uh, head coach Brady Hoke, he said that this spring he's already seen signs of you even being better. What, what areas do you think you've improved upon um, throughout the spring camp? Uh, definitely being more vocal. Now coming up on my uh, fourth year, I have uh, the coaches as well as the players having to look up uh, um, at me just because, you know, I did such a good job uh, last year. And now I'm, I'm considered, you know, senior now having to come into that role of being more of a vocal leader and just kind of getting people on the right track, uh, just as a team, especially because we're, we're a young team. Um, that's one thing I feel like I've improved um, throughout spring. I guess just another thing is just, just running around, uh, being more confident, knowing the defense well enough to just kind of get everybody on track. Like I said, I have to be more of a leader, more vocal. So kind of get everybody on track, the, the back five, and you got those, front four so just having those guys feel like I've, I've uh, definitely proved in that area so do you anticipate given that it is your second year as a starter 
your role changing in the way Coach Maddox calls it? Is Are you, are you seeing any of, uh, I guess, just the trust that that develops where he's calling your number more? He's, you know, trying to funnel things to where you make plays or do you expect your role to change at all as a second year as a starter compared to the first? I don't think it'll change significantly. Definitely probably um, probably blitz here and there, uh, especially just for me, but um, uh, me just kind of doing the same thing and just letting the coaches figure out and game plan uh, throughout the season. Cause I know we got, um, we had Trent, you know, running like special plays and everything. Cause he was such a good player, good, fast uh, blitzer and he just shot the gap. So um, hopefully maybe I can get, uh, maybe one of those, but um, I feel like just leading it all to Coach Maddox and the defensive staff to a game plan. I feel like I just step in that position if they need. No doubt. Um, the, the coaches have talked about like this time after spring and into fall camp as being the time when players improve the most. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, and, and yeah, every player that I've said that they're like, yeah, yeah, obviously. I don't know that that's like completely a known thing. Um, what is it about this time that makes it so crucial for player development? Now, now it's kind of just go time, right? Um, there's not much left for guys to make mistakes. Um, so everybody's on top of it. We're now looking at film, you know, for, for our opponents, Arizona, um, the title stamp, that's um, Utah, just that. And then just guys being thrown in to – their position and then having the coaches evaluate them. So I feel like just everybody's more on top of it and more just eager to compete uh, against each other for a spot. That's, I mean, that's what you want to do, right? You want to play, you want to come here and play. So yeah, everybody just wants to compete. So you're saying that because there's maybe a clearer picture on what it is that the coaching staff is looking for their role on a team that they're able to kind of more like attack that better. Yeah, no, yeah, most definitely. Okay. Um, so Thomas Favors, Chance Bell, we had them on the show, and and they were telling us about the importance of, you know, the QBs, wide receivers, running backs, um, building chemistry during this part of the season because they can run routes together, et cetera. Are there ways that the defense can also gain chemistry uh, during, like, the summertime? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I know for the back five because uh, we're all just kind of doing the same thing, uh, especially, like, let's say we're just working on our man coverage skills. I know we've definitely um, gone out upon ourselves to just do that and work out ourselves. But I feel like it's just like it's for the offense, you know, chemistry, that's definitely a big thing for the defense. It's kind of a little separate. Like you get, you know what I'm saying? We have our own calls. The um, DBs know their own calls. Linebackers got their blitzes and their coverages. And then the D linemen got their own stunts and everything. So it's a little more separate, but definitely, you know, like with practice with everything, Communication's key on defense. So, like, without that, we're, we're just all over the place. So I feel like our chemistry comes through that, where we're communicating and we're understanding what everybody else is doing. It's being able to, like, trust each other. If that's just running to the ball, if that's um, making plays and just celebrating with each other, I feel like that's where our chemistry comes in. And um, that's definitely a big part um, of our defense. So then looking ahead to yourself, um, what are some areas that you're looking to improve individually? Um, definitely man coverage. I feel like that's um, my, probably my biggest weakness. Being able to play a little faster and then be able to read run, run first, or be able to read run faster or pass faster. And then, like I said, just playing faster. If it's a run, shooting the gap. If it's pass, uh, dropping my coverage. I feel like those are my two 
things I'm, I'm uh, focused more on this season. You have a, a great pin tweet on um, on your social media and uh, some pictures from the Frisco Bowl. I think you're having a smoothie, enjoying yourself. Yeah. There's a, there's a yeah. There's a, there's a good line that says, "I remember a time when my name didn't get mentioned." Um, mm-hmm. That's your that's your pin tweet. What 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 does that quote mean to you, and why is that significant for you? Coming from the uh, high school I came from in Santa Ana, practically. If you hear Santa Ana, you're probably thinking of modern day and everything. You're not thinking about um, the high schools I attended, if that was Godinas or Santa Ana High School. So that tweet was just kind of like going to my senior season of high school. I had zero offers, and I just wasn't sure if I was going to do this one. So um, it's great to finally have all my work that I put in those past three years, um, you know, being being named on Mountain West, getting honors such as um, – Mountain Deeps Player of the Year and things like that. Um, it's definitely nice to, you know, hear my name in the conversation. No question. So take us back a little bit to Santa Ana High School. I don't know if everyone knows this, but you were an amazing running back. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I was, that was my main position. Uh, yeah. But I, I mean, I guess I got recruited uh, mainly for, uh, to play safety because I was just able to play on both sides of the, uh, the ball. But yeah, no, um, I was definitely more of a running back throughout high school and um in my younger years so it's definitely it's definitely nice to have a transition from offense to defense in college because now you're learning a whole different position and you're um you're more invested because it's it's new to you you're you're you're, um you're just learning a new skill but yeah no high school was definitely fun running back that was definitely my my first love but now i'd rather i'd rather uh, hit someone than get hit so that's (laughs) that's what i always tell myself yeah, first first love is an understatement. Eighteen hundred yards, twenty three touchdowns. I mean, like you were you were a star, man. But you mentioned earlier that you know the older players, um, Dwayne in, in particular, took taking you under his wing. Um, we had an incoming freshman, Max Garrison, who was a running back, star running back in high school, and he's making the transition to safety. What what, what advice would you give him about you know switching sides of the ball? advice for him I'd say just be confident in yourself you're definitely um you know you're definitely as, where as a running back you're definitely athletic to transition from offense to defense um and then just being able just to play fast and you know here at San Diego State uh our motto is just run to the ball and keep out the ends right so um just doing those things listening to the coach just being a ball player just be uh, just being you really and speaking about uh, transitioning from offense to defense, Jalen Maiden made that switch this year. I mean, what, what is your evaluation of him? And, you know, obviously they, they decided to put him at the same position that, that, that you're at. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen May, he's definitely a, a good fit for the asset position. Transitioning from offense to defense, like I said, um, you have to be confident in yourself. And I feel like beginning he was a little, uh, um, a little shy to, to um, go and put his nose on anything. But definitely throughout the spring, he's, def- he's definitely grown. And um, I feel like he's definitely going to be able to play at the position once he gets used to playing defense. Because that it's uh, him as a quarterback is different than you know running back going to safety. So, um, but I feel like he's he's definitely made a um, good long strides because he, he can cover. And then when he wants to hit, he's going to hit something. So, definitely he's definitely a player that that will play on defense. Yeah. 
tell us a little bit more about some of the other people in the secondary. You obviously you mentioned it before, but um, you know you lose Taylor Hawkins, you lose Trenton Thompson. So who's ready to to step into those roles and who's impressed you in camp? So Darius Barfield, he's definitely you know he he played boundary last year, um, and we're uh, fitting him in a field warrior position because before he was a safety, he was a corner, so he definitely can cover right. Yes, yeah, so Darius definitely can play. Guys like Trent and Taylor are, def- are definitely guys to hard, uh, are definitely hard to imitate just because both those guys fast. Um, they love they love they just love to love to play the game. So you know it's kind of hard to replace those guys. But um, I feel like another guy is Kyron Kyron White. Loves the game. He's loud. He plays fast. Knows what he's doing. So he's definitely a guy that's going to come in and uh, play. Uh, corner wise, you know we have. We rotate a lot of corners in. Um, we have uh, Noah Tumblin. We have Noah Avenger. Uh, Des Malone definitely has made some big strides co- in in, uh, in his coverage skills, um, and that was seen throughout spring. So he, he's definitely going to be on the field uh, this season. And then C.J. Baskerville, of course, um, coming in as a freshman, filling in for a sedary spot when he got injured. So we just have we have a lot of guys that definitely are going to be getting rotated in and playing and be getting invited by the coaches. So it's definitely going to be an interesting uh, season to see who's, you know, who's playing or who's starting uh, every week. No doubt. I think when uh, the couple of times that I was able to watch you guys in practice, um, Sedarius made plays like every single time. Yeah. Uh, was, was was he that kind of a playmaker through the whole time? Yeah, no, he's, he's a, uh, he's, he's a smart player. So he, he, he's no, he's going to know the concept uh, majority of the time. He's, he's got, like I said, he's a corner. So he's going to, he's going to cover you one-on-one and he's definitely gonna make a plays. Um, I, I remember one play in the spring game, he was on the opposite team of me. Um, so I'm on the sideline watching them on defense and I'm like, don't run a slack cause he knows it's coming. <laughs> so Darius uh, starts off and outside leverage and then moves in inside leverage and breaks on the ball. And then that's the uh, pick that he got where he tipped it and then picked it in the end zone. I'm like, Oh man. But yeah, no, so Darius is definitely a playmaker. Um, so you, you mentioned Trenton Hawk and, um, not just what they did on the field, but but just their leadership. And so how, how does the, the the back five, how do you replace that leadership? And, you know, what role are you going to have in doing that? Both guys were, uh, were were vocal. They knew what they were doing. You know, playing 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 at San Diego State for, for those six years, you know, those guys understood a lot. And just having them, if you need someone to talk to or understand something, they definitely were the guys to, uh, to talk to. Tyra replaced that. Um, but like I said, for me, I've, I've been trying to be more vocal, definitely as a person as in the middle of the defense, you know, getting the calls to uh, either side of the, the field. So they'll feel like that's, a, that's our biggest aspect. We just have to be able to communicate and be loud and make sure everybody's getting their calls because, you know, if we don't, you know, there's, there's going to be a touchdown uh, waiting to happen. Uh, last football-related question. Um, what, what, what is Coach Kyle Hogue? like as as a coach i mean man he's a when you think of a coach you think of him uh he's serious when need be and then we'll crack a joke out of nowhere but he he's he's definitely a, a very technical coach which which i really like um so you know if we're not six yards or inside leverage or the right foot's up he's gonna get on us so having just a person like that and a coach like that to um be on you always just just keep you humble in a sense right because you know he's He's, like I say, he's going to get on you. Even if you make a play, he's going to be like, okay, good. And then um, he's going to be like, but what foot was up, you know? So 
definitely, definitely a great coach to have. Awesome. So those, those, that was terrific. Um, are you ready for some non-football related rapid fire questions? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your favorite food? Pizza. What, what, what is on this pizza? Okay. Uh, let's go pepperoni and, and bacon bites. Bacon bites. Okay, yeah. That's, that's a unique one. Where, where did that come from? Wish I could tell you just, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess probably like ordering a meat lovers, uh, that's probably where it came from. I'm assuming. That's great. Uh, what is your favorite musical group or artist? Musical group or artist, uh, artist, I would have to say, Ooh, I'm gonna mess with stuff. I'd probably say, Man, hold on. It's not rapid, but let me. I gotta. I gotta look. I don't. You know. Um, <laughs> mm, that's hard. Um, my favorite artist would probably have to be Tupac. Honestly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, now that's, you. Uh, you took a minute to make sure you got the right one. So, what is it about Tupac that 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 speaks to you? You know, you can just listen to them whenever, really. It took me a long time because I was just thinking about, like, all the artists I've been listening to lately. And, you know, all those guys are, are cool and all. But, you know, when I want to go back, um, I'll always enjoy uh, some Tupac um, anytime. It's pre-game, if that's uh, just uh, laying down or something. So um, that, that, was, that was why I chose that. Awesome. How about your favorite TV show or movie? Ooh, TV show or movie? Movie, I'd have to say say uh probably one of the marvel movies i want to say uh black panther that's 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 one of my favorite out of all those uh, that series um and then tv show i have to say blacklist have you seen that blacklist on netflix uh I, I, that'd be mine okay no 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 let's check it out who's your favorite athlete either currently or um actually make it even harder who's your current favorite new york giant say again Who's your current favorite New York Giant? New York Giants. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of former Aztecs there, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, Trent, man. Okay, see, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying yeah. Yeah, Trent. Yeah, you hear that? He talked all that good stuff about you earlier, but then look what happens. Uh, <laughs> but who's your favorite athlete maybe growing up or something like that? Uh, favorite athlete growing up? Uh, definitely Kobe. Kobe Bryant. Definitely. Yeah, no, 100%. Just mentality, the way he played the game, um, the way he carried himself, and the way, um, you know, he practiced. Um, definitely, definitely a guy that I looked up to growing up and still do. Terrific. Uh, what about your favorite hobby? Favorite hobby? Play video games. What do you play? I play, um, of course, you play the Call of Duty, um, but I've been uh, playing Rocket League and Overwatch, just games like that. Uh, just just to buy time or just to hop on with friends. What's, what's, what's your uh, what's your kill record on Call of Duty? You talking about Warzone? Or, I am. Okay, man, it's not much. I'm not a great player. Um, <laughs> uh, probably, <laughs> I want to say definitely double digits, 15, 16. Oh, that's solid. Yeah, yeah, that, that's solid. Yeah, that, that, that's that's a couple years ago now. I haven't I haven't played in a minute. Um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely definitely like fifteen or sixteen. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for the interview. It was absolutely fantastic, and uh, just look forward to Snapdragon Stadium and and uh, getting to watch you run around out there. Yeah, appreciate you for having me again.
yeah, like you said, Snapdragon Stadium. Can't wait to be out there. New stadium. Uh, having family there should be interesting. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye. Our second special guest is senior running back Jordan Bird, who has rushed for 963 yards and nine touchdowns in his Aztec career. Bird has also returned two kickoffs for touchdowns and was named first team All Mountain West in 2021 as a kick returner. We want to welcome Jordan Bird uh, to the SDSU Football Podcast. How are you doing today, Jordan? Good. I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely appreciate you taking the time. So last year was your senior season. Uh, you had a senior day ceremony in the last regular season game, but you decided to return for one more year with the exemption. Why Why did you make that choice? I feel like the job wasn't finished. You know, uh, we went to the championship, but we ended up losing. Um, I just wanted to come back, get us another championship. You know, we've been fighting for that since I've been here. And uh, trying to, we've been on 21 for a while. We're trying to win 22, you know. I feel, I feel like we're all sick of saying 21. So I am too. So we're glad to come back and, and try to win us a championship. How how much of a factor does the new stadium have in your decision? Was Did it play a factor? Uh, I mean, it, are you talking about like um, the when we played at Carson? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a big changer. You know, a lot of fans are going to be coming out. That was one of the top keys of, of a game, especially in a home game, um, having fans out there. You know, we love to have them out there. Um, glad the games are going to be back in San Diego. I feel like that's going to be wonderful for us. So you, you've had a couple products that you've uh, put out on social media. Were those NIL deals? And what has that process been like for you? Yeah, uh, those are NIL deals. You know, it's been it's been going good. Um, I just got one in New Mexico, uh, Athlete Ready. Um, it's a training facility. You know, um, I've been working with them since I was in high school. I was a, actually I've been elementary. I was or middle school. I was working with them. Yeah. And it's really good to that they're giving back as well. You know, I've been with them for a while now, so it's it's really cool to to have that. So this Sunday, right? You're hosting the Jordan Bird Training Camp. Yeah, so I'm, I'm in New Mexico right now. So I'm having a camp for uh, K through 12. I'm hosting it with uh, the Gladiators. We're having a little collaboration. Uh, the Gladiators Arena football team here in, in New Mexico. So they're they're allowing me to, to, to use their field too as well. So it's going to be really cool and excited to see all the kids out there having fun. Now, I mean, I'm talking to, you know, different pro players or whatever. I mean, being able to have their own camp back, home is is kind of like a dream is is this the first year have you done this before or I mean, what's the process of it it's my first year you know i've been trying to do this for months now um it's a, it's a long process big process it was really it's really nice to to give back to my community you know there's i feel like new mexico always gets looked over um you know we got texas arizona stuff around us but um we do have athletes out here too so just going out giving back to the, to, uh, the community is one thing i wanted to do um, so then you're, you're listed at, at, at two of the top spots on the depth chart, two of the running back spots. Do, do you have a preference on where you play? doesn't matter to me. As long as I get the ball, I can show what I could do. That's that's one thing I'm, I, I like to do. Um, I know I've been playing a lot of special teams. You know, I love playing special teams, love getting the offense going, you know, getting the momentum going. That's one thing I like to do is getting getting the momentum, you know. And I felt like last year I did, I did a good job at getting an uh, offense in good position. Um, I feel like I got to carry that on to, to this year as well. You know, in, in the NFL, players of your size are not necessarily seen as featured uh, every down backs. Uh, 
Uh, does that give you more incentive to be more involved in the passing game offensively? Oh yeah. Um, you know, first before I even came to San Diego State, I was a, I was a wide receiver as well. So getting to uh, doing different positions really really gives a lookout for me. You know, it gets an eye out that I can I can play more than just one position as well. Yeah, that's if there was a recurring theme to some of my game previews last year, uh, that could be potentially critical of the game plan was not using the running backs more in the passing game, especially you because of your ability in open space and your speed. We've heard, we've talked to some coaches and some players in the spring, and they've talked about how the running backs are going to be more involved in the passing game. Is that something you think that's going to get unlocked in 2022? Oh yeah, most definitely. I know we got a, um, our quarterback, you know, um, He's going to be really good for us. He's going to get the ball around, um, especially with his feet as well. He's going to he's going to be running as well. You know, um, I feel like we have a all our skilled positions are all speed. You know, we're all fast and stuff. So that's what's really going to help us get the ball moving around. You know, get a lot off the defense as well. So that's one thing we're going to do is is excel in offense this year. We had uh, Chance Bell on the podcast a few weeks ago. Um, and, he, and he mentioned about like the running backs running routes with the wide receivers and how has that been going for you this offseason? And then uh, do you feel like you're a threat to catch passes at every level of the field? Oh, yeah. I definitely feel like even me and Chance, we're, we're both feel like we're a threat catching the ball. Just getting us all, all with the ball, you know, working with the wide receivers, getting good good connection with the quarterback. That's what's really going to help us this year. You know, we got a new guy coming in, but I feel like we all have that good connection that it feels like he's been here forever. You know, just just having that good, good, good connection with him and uh, the wide receivers, even all the offense linemen too. We're all we're all in this together. So, but like all of us having a good connection is really going to give us a good season this year. So tell us more about Braxton Burmeister. I mean, what, what does he uh, bring to the position? And I mean, you said you guys have already developed really good chemistry, but just just expound on that a little more, please. Oh, yeah, um, everybody loves. <laughs> I feel like everybody loves him on the team. You know. Um, Hey man, he was a really uh, talkative guy, but we, we got that out of him. <laughs> so uh, he's he's a really good guy outside of football as well. That's what's that's what's really good about having him on the team. You know, uh, you can tell that he really wants to play. He really wants to wants to excel in what he's doing right now, and um, feel like he's going to be a good fit for our team. So we've talked to a lot of people in the spring. We've heard about the blazing speed of a TJ Sullivan and Josh Nicholson. Uh, Noah Tumblin was on the episode, our last episode. He said he's the fastest corner along with Dallas Branch. So who really is the fastest player on the team? <laughs> we all we all have speed. You know, it, I wouldn't go off of gashers that we do during winter and, and fall and stuff. But um, it's kind of hard to tell. You know, we're, we're still debating on it. Everybody keeps saying to me, but I don't know. We, we got some fast kids on the team. <laughs> So there haven't been any 40-yard dash uh, competitions in practice? No, nah, we, we've talked about it. I know Cam Davis and uh, uh, Josh raced the other, uh, during spring, and it was, it was a good little race. So <laughs> I'm too old now, so <laughs> they, um, they're, they're young. <laughs> who won that race? Are you allowed to tell? Uh, Josh, Josh did. Josh okay. won the race, yeah, but. Right. They, they trying to get me out there, but I can tell them those are some young kids. I'm, I'm, I'm getting old now. <laughs> uh, Jeff Horton, your uh, running back coach, what is he like as a position coach uh, to play for? Oh, he's he's wonderful. Um, when I first came in, he treated me like I was his son. You know, that's one thing I like about what he did with with his his players. You know, it feels like you can play. He'll coach you, but he'll let you play. 
I know some coaches would change a lot of stuff about what you're doing, but he knows he, he picked us up for a reason. You know, he knows that we have abilities and what we can do on the field. And um, he just coaches us in little things that we need, we need to learn about, like from blocking to, to running the ball and what we need to see on the offense or how the, how the defense is changing around and stuff. I feel like he's really done a great job on, on doing that for us, especially the young guys, you know, more like me and Chance. He understands that we've, we've been in a game. We have a lot of skin in the game. So he feels like we know what we have to do, and he wants us to help as well. This week there was reports um, that uh, SSU added a transfer running back from USC. Now they also talked to, you know, whether that's happens with that or not, but you know, there's two highly recru- recruited, highly rated running backs, freshmen coming in. You add that to the mix of all the people who are already on the roster, and here we are, deja vu again. The running back room is loaded, just like it's been oh, yeah. every year that you've played. So, so with that talent comes a lot of competition, right? How oh, yeah. has the running back room stayed together in the midst of all the fierce competition? Man, it's just just a brotherhood, you know. We all we all hang out outside of football as well, you know. That's what what we really needed to do. Um, that's how you get a good connection with with your teammates, you know. Just hanging out outside of football, getting to know them. Uh, I feel like we the running back group has really done that, you know. Going out to eat with Coach Horton, even without Coach Horton, we always go out with just ourselves, just having fun, you know. It's, we're all family. We're all human. You know, we're all going to be competing for a position, but outside of football, we're, we're a brotherhood. So tell me more about that. I mean, how, how has Coach Horton helped to, to facilitate that kind of brotherhood and family atmosphere that you're describing? Just just times that we have to take stuff serious is when we take stuff serious. But when it's a joke in time, having fun, we really take the time to um, just have fun together. You know, during football practice, we we're always all to get together and just being around each other is one thing that that really helped us out on on having that good connection. You know, we know who plays, we know who's going to get the ball sometimes, but we all we all love each other. And so then you're part of the senior leadership group for a second time. How, how does that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, how does that? How, how is, um, I guess, your approach to the second time around? How is it different and how is it the same? Uh, I mean, we had a lot to fix last year. Um, I know we had a twelve and four or twelve and two season, but I feel like the seniors want 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 to lead the team. Um, I feel like we we want to take leadership of showing that we're a players' team instead of a coaches' team because players play, coaches coach. So that's what we've been we've been leading onto. So I feel like I became more of a leader of, of speaking out as well. So I'm not really a big speaker, but. Helping, uh, helping other kids out, just just getting them confident in what we're doing. We talked about Snapdragon Stadium, obviously opening up the first game against Arizona. It was announced yesterday that that first game is going to be at 1230 in the afternoon on CBS, the main network. Uh, could the game get even more exciting um, by being on national television for and at a time where everybody in the country is able to watch it? So how, how does that get you guys even more excited for it? I mean, it should get the young guys excited for sure. You know, um, a lot of them haven't had the opportunity yet to to play in front of national TV. Um, like the more like the the older guys, where we know what we have to do out there. We know how the game's going to be. We're gonna we're gonna play. We're gonna have fun and um, come out with a victory. That's one thing we want to do. But I feel like it's more for the younger guys to to really feel that that national TV level, and um, it's gonna be really good for us, even for the fans and everything. Glad to have them back out.
Were you part of the senior group that uh, took a tour of the stadium about a month ago? And what were your initial thoughts? Oh, it, it was beautiful. You know, it wasn't really done. We couldn't really see the locker room, but it was it was beautiful. I think the fans, everyone's going to love it. It's, it's, a, it's a nice stadium. Uh, last football-related question. We, you, we talked about, obviously, being more involved in the passing game. Uh, but is there anything else specifically as a running back you're working on in the offseason uh, to improve? Uh, more of my, my weight. Uh, I've been – been trying to get my weight up. Uh, that's one thing I've been working on. I feel like it's really, really has helped me feel more stronger, faster at the size I am right now. Um, I'm trying to get a little bit bigger, but just from that, I feel like it's going to help me out during the season. Um, and just staying injury free. That's one thing I've been good with that. Uh, that's one thing that has always been in my head is, is staying injury free. How much weight have you put on? And is there, you have a goal, a weight that you want to play at? Uh, my goal is to play at 180. I've been at 170, 175 right now. I feel like that's a good way for me, um, but I, I know I can get even bigger than that. So it feels good where I'm at now. Uh, that was great, man. Do you, uh, you ready for some uh, non-football-related questions? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's do it, man. What's your favorite food? Man, I love food. I, I'd probably say my favorite food would be steak. I love steak. <laughs> and how do, you, how do you like your steak? Medium well. Everybody clowns me for having medium well steak, but <laughs> I was gonna say, I'll just go medium. But I love medium well. Just a, just a little bit of pink. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I don't know if you can taste it if it's medium well, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, give me give me a dish from New Mexico that that maybe maybe you know as California guys we 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 wouldn't know about. One thing you guys probably wouldn't know is green chili stew. That's my mom makes it all the time. Probably don't know what it is. It's no. it's a green chili that's made in New Mexico, it's hatched in New Mexico. It's like a, it's like almost like a soup, but it has uh, meat, uh, green chilies, and you eat it with the tortillas and potatoes. It's delicious. No, it's so I might have to, I might have to make it for the team one time and let them try it out, but it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about your favorite movie or TV show? Probably my favorite TV show would probably be Money Heist. That was one of my favorites on Netflix. Uh, even though it wasn't in English, it still was one of my favorite shows. Movies, I'm really Avengers guy, but I wouldn't know which one because I love all the movies. So those are my favorite. Okay. When, um, I just um, Breaking Bad obviously took place in Mexico. Was that obviously there was a popular show, but was that like even crazier because it took place in the Mexico? For New Mexico oh, it was really, yeah, yeah, it was really nice. Some of my friends were actually in the in the in the show, and just seeing them on there was really crazy. But even like the places that you eat at, they have like signs like, "Oh, this is where Breaking Bad was," and stuff like that. It's really cool to to use New Mexico as that. And I know, I think Batman was filmed here too. Some of the Batmans were filmed here, not the new one, but the old ones. What about your favorite musical artist or group? I'm a I'm an R and B guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one one person I like is uh, a lot of people don't really know him is uh, Brandon Banks. Uh, he's really one of my favorites. He's coming out of uh, I think Compton, LA, or Compton, uh, California. So that's one of my favorite R and B singers. Uh, who's your favorite professional athlete, either now or um, you know back in the day? Yeah, um, Cam Newton was one of my favorites because I used to play quarterback as well. He's still one of my favorites today. The other one I would say probably be Tariq Hill, you know, my size, everything like that. Um, just seeing him in, in college was, was really cool. Um, but now he's like one of the top wide receivers in the in the world. So he's one of my favorites as well. Um, yeah, I love Cam Newton. We um, 
my my nephew who who is your age um he's had like uh, really bad health issues and um one time he was in the hospital when cam newton was preparing for the draft and he was with yeah. his quarterback coach in san diego and out of the eye of the media out of the, everything like that he went and was visiting the kids in the hospital oh, and wow. he paid a visit to my nephew and um just has been a fam for our family has been amazing for him and then Later on with Carolina, when the Chargers were still in San Diego, um, he got him onto the field and like right before, I mean, literally right before the kickoff came running over and gave him a hug and gave him his gloves. And and so oh, wow. Cam, Cam, Cam is just a, a great guy and, and oh, yeah. he's, met, he's met, met a lot to our family. So that's cool to hear. Um, right. What about your, your, your favorite hobby or um, things that you like to do outside of football? Outside of football, I love I love video games. That's one of my one of my favorite things. Um, besides video games, I love making clothes. I'm I'm into fashion, so I I sew. I make my own clothes, and um, my uncle got me into painting as well. He's he has paintings in the world of Coca Cola in Georgia, so he's really got me into painting as well. I, I'm just a, I love being an artistic guy. So even making my own clothes and stuff like that is, is really really entertaining to me. I mean, is is there any way that people could look at any of the clothes that you've made or any be able to see any of that? Uh, I, I've made clothes. I haven't really been posting them, but okay. I've made a one thing that really people would probably like is I made a tapestry blanket. I made it into a, a sweatshirt. Me and my friend, she helped me out and I made a made a tapestry sweatshirt. It's really nice. <laughs> that is incredibly um, creative. Uh, yeah, that's incredible. Um, great job. Thank you so much for those questions. Oh, yeah, of course. Jordan, we want to thank you for taking the time. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. Uh, I know you're busy uh, with a lot of things going on, so uh, always appreciate you taking the time. We look forward to seeing you uh, open up Snapdragon in the, in the fall. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me on the show, really. Thank you. All right, Paul. Uh, we had two great interviews, uh, starting with Patrick McMorris. Um, I had a uh, day job commitment, so I had to unfortunately miss that one. So appreciate you taking that one solo. Uh, what were your uh, main takeaways from uh, talking to him? Main takeaways is he, I think, has the right approach to continue the growth that everyone keeps talking about. There's sometimes a problem when you're a little bit too analytical about yourself, a little bit too detached from what's going on or where you like kind of study yourself and analyze yourself too much um, instead of just living it. And I think that he, I think shows a really good humility and living in what he's doing, appreciating what he's going through. And I think that's going to set him up for future success. I thought it was interesting that, that he's focused on becoming better in past coverage. Um, and I, I think that, given the fact that they lost um, Trenton Thompson a year from a year ago, who, you know, played a lot and covered a lot in the slot, that that's a good sign for the Aztecs. But, you know, I mean, that was a very good interview, very honest, very open. You know, as long as he can stay healthy, I expect big things from him this upcoming year. Yeah, that overanalyzation, isn't that what we're supposed to do as uh, <laughs> journalists? Right. <laughs> You know, the players play and we we overanalyze, you know, all the stats and, and all the 
the performances. But I, I, I agree with you. I think he definitely has the right approach. Uh, he's a humble dude. But he, he knows the, his importance to the defense and what he needs to do, becoming a more vocal leader, uh, mm-hmm. making sure the communication between not just the guys in the secondary, but with the linebackers and the defensive line is good because, you know, we saw a lot, even though the defense played so well last year, we saw some breakdowns in the secondary uh, and they gave up some, you know, big passing plays, especially later in the season. Um, Nevada, uh, UNLV, um, Utah State, obviously. Uh, so I think that's their, their main area for, to, for the defense to clean up is going to be, you know, re- eliminating those, uh, that miscommunication that led to some of those big plays. If there's anyone I have utmost confidence in on that defense and heading into 2022, it's him for sure. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think in the recap article for the season, I talked about that the defense had a chance to be historic, but what prevented them primarily from being historic were the big plays that you mentioned. Um, And so it'll be interesting to see if they can reduce those, at least have somebody covering the the people who are going deep. And they, you know, they might not be as good in other places potentially, but you eliminate that big mistake and, and there's a lot of growth for the defense that that's possible. I do think that as you just hit on it, it's an interesting, I mean, interesting, the right word. It's a, I think it's a critical component being able to communicate, know where everyone is supposed to be. You don't see it in the box score. You don't see it, how you don't, you can't pinpoint it. But I think you're going to be missing that from from some of the veteran leadership that they had, and it's you know a great time for him to be going into his second year starting. Sedarius Barfield, you know, has had plenty of time. He's been starting. The corners have been starting now for a couple of years. So you hope that they their comfort level will be there. I still am a little bit unsure if um, if they have that top corner, if if that they're if, you know Des Malone being able to get into the conversation. You know, I don't know who, who that speaks more of. Is it, does it speak more from a guy who's a safety who could kind of cover, cover well, okay, let's move him to corner to now he's in the mix to being the starter. Does that say more about him and how special he could be at that position? Or does that say more about the rest of the people? So I think there's still a lot of work to be done, but as long as uh, McMorris is anchoring it, I think that, um, you can just see his impact. I mean, the team in the spring game that couldn't move the ball was the team that he was defending. Utah was basically left for dead. Yeah. And they, they couldn't do anything offensively. And then he gets that targeting penalty and they come alive late. Coincidence, maybe. But I, I, I think that uh, his importance to the defense is 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 unmatched and the Aztecs are fortunate that somebody as skillful as him is manning that position. I loved how he described that Barfield interception during the spring game about how he was like, don't throw the slant. He knows it's coming. And they threw the slant and he obviously tipped it and picked it off. Between Barfield, McMorris and Baskerville, I think they're about as talented as a trio as you can get. Uh, But I think you're, you're hit it on their money about the corners. If the corners struggle and the safeties have to basically help them cover outside receivers, that's not going to give those three guys the best opportunity to make plays all over the field in the run game. 
uh, over the middle, things like that. So, yeah, that's true. As good as those three are, they're really going to be able to shine based on how well the guys on the outside cover. So, yeah, that's going to be, a, I think that's the biggest what if what, uh, key uh, going into the fall. You know, obviously, you got to see who replaces Cameron Thomas's production, but I think they, they can scheme around that. Um, it's hard to scheme around, you know, just not have corners, not being able to cover man to man. Right. Obviously you can scheme it, but your scheming is basically bringing people over to help um, in that case. So it's cool. I, the one thing I did want to point out uh, watching that or listening to that interview. Um, he, I think he set the record for the longest pauses uh, between answering a question in the rapid fire section. <laughs> Um, I don't know if I've, I've heard anyone agonize more over who the right answer in their favorite musical artist. That's a smart man. <laughs> I, I think my, I editing, my editing skills is going to do a, a, a disservice of how long he actually took to answer that because he didn't want to say the wrong answer. Um, I, he ended up with Tupac, which is never the wrong answer, obviously. Never. But, um, I just I thought listening to that interview. Um, I, I just, I was, I was cracking up because you tell he was, he was agonizing over that, that answer after nailing every other question about, you know, football. And then suddenly he posed with this question that he took him probably over a minute to answer or maybe not, a, yeah, close to a minute, but I thought that was, I was cracking up when I was listening to that interview. Yeah. When, and when he finally arrived back at Tupac, I was honestly a little bit surprised only because, you know that would feel like a, a, a generally an obvious answer or something you would come yeah. to quickly. Um, but, I, but I like that he really wanted to get that right. And no, it was, just, it, was it was a great interview and, and he was uh, very generous with his answers and it, it was good to get that gone. What, what did you uh, take from Jordan bird? I, I think, you know, the main thing was, you know, why did he want to come back for one more year? You know, I think he gave almost the same answer that chance bell did about, you know, the job's not finished uh, want to win 22, you know, said the right things in that regard. Um, you know, there, obviously there was with Greg Bell gone, there is an opening there. Right. And I think that with chance bell and bird, I think that that gave them a window and more of a inclination to say, I want to come back and I want to be, I have a chance to be that lead guy. So I think that was cool. I, and also talk, him talking about his camp, um, I know by the time this episode comes out, his camp has already happened, but you know, he'll have, this is the first year, right? He's going to have this, I think, you know, hopefully every year and um, giving back to his community in, in New Mex Albuquerque, New Mexico, I think is, is shows the type of person he is and how he wants to give back. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. No, I, I was just going to say that. I thought that was a, a really good part of the interview. I think the people's response to the little promotion of that, that we put out in connection with that interview, I think really showed like who, who he is and how highly he's thought of uh, the article that is being written about it is, is just, I, I want to really look into how, what his NFL chances are, because, you know, for whatever reason he, he has he going into this final season. I think there is always going to be, this question of did the Aztecs get the most out of him? Um, this has been their biggest home run threat for every year he's been on campus. Um, you know, going back to you know that that 
pitch on Boise State where he take you know and they couldn't they couldn't move the ball at all. And the issue that keeps coming up, I think, for him and as far as his his professional potential, is that there's not a lot of feature backs. And I mean, that's what we asked him about, you know. And so, how does he get into the passing lanes? How does he? What does he do to kind of separate himself and showcase himself for that next level? The the offense can become way better if they can figure out a way to get Jordan bird, the ball in space and allow him to, to run. Um, and they, and they just haven't figured it out and, and much smarter people than, than much smarter people than me, you know, that's their job and that's what they're doing. But I, I think that both for his long-term career and for the next season, getting more into that passing tree, being able to be more than just catching the ball on a screen, um, or handing off is like the two ways that you utilize him, I think is, is something that I, I don't know if he has it in his game. It's just not something that we've seen, but if, if he's able to get into crossing routes, if he's able to at least, you know, be a little bit of a deep threat, I think that that can really open up things for the office because the guy is just, he's just dynamic. I mean, he has, he's, he's a home run threat waiting to happen. And I, I just don't know that many of them, you know, anywhere else on the team. I mean, we, we, we haven't seen TJ Sullivan and we've heard about his, you know, great ability to stretch the field and do that. And so maybe that's what he turns into. I don't think we're expecting to see much of Josh Nicholson, but that's not Jesse Matthews game. Jesse Matthews is, is not a guy who's going to catch, you know, a 10 yard out and turn it into 80. Um, I don't think Tyrell Shavers, that's his game either. So they're both really good at what they do. The Aztecs need them. But if you're looking for somebody who's going to take the, take it to the house, right. That was Greg Bell and Jordan Bird, And um, even Chance Bell has, has not really shown that ability to do that. And so I think going into next year, that's, that's what they're going to need to figure out. How, how do they, or maybe put another way, I think maybe the, they're going to, their offense is going to be as good as their, ability is to to figure out how to get 15 the ball in space i the fact that he's played 45 games over four seasons and has zero receiving touchdowns shocks me yeah i i you know i i thought you know i was looking at the stats and i thought maybe in his freshman senior sophomore year he caught a pass for a touchdown nope nothing and that that really surprising um and he was quick to point out when we asked him about catching passes out of the backfield that he played. He also played wide receiver in high school. So he's at least ran routes in that regard. So we're going to see yet. Yeah, I think every time he caught the ball, it was a screen pass. And I think there was like three defenders about to ta- ready to tackle him. Yeah. The minute he caught the pass because they yeah. knew he's in the game. It's second down and long or third down and long. They're probably going to throw a screen. And mm-hmm. guess what? The, the linebackers and the defensive ends were right there. Yep. And that's clearly hasn't worked with Jordan, but, you know, running motion out and running a slant from the slot or an, a quick out, something like that. That's, I can see that being, becoming more of more of a weapon that they could use for sure. Yeah. And I, you know, again, I, I just, I don't know how exactly that is, but I mean, you know, they, they, they would try to, in the two back sets, they would try to use them in kind of the RPO game, but to your point, the the defense that run the football like yeah. you're, you're there we're gonna we're gonna put bodies wherever 15 is and we're gonna trust that we're gonna be able to stop it on the backside 
so I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know exactly what the, the recipe is, but that's why I was saying like, if he can get downfield a little bit, because then if you, if you put three players there, but you're thinking that he can get deep, then he can catch the screen still. And you got that space in between, but, but it's, you know, it's the idea of saying, okay, how, how do the Aztecs have, you know, a great offense and not just a good offense. And, and I think that, the expectations from Jack, Jeff Heklinski, I think what we saw in, in flashes, especially the bowl game, is the potential to, to be a really good offense. And it, it's it's what 15 can bring. He, he's just a difference maker. And and I, I you know, I, I don't know exactly why it is that he hasn't caught a receiving touchdown. But I mean, he's never caught 15 passes in a season, I don't believe. And and so no. it's like you're you're you're, you're just, you can't, you know, you would think that he could just kind of by accident have, have broken one or something like that, but it's, it's the same old thing where if we get through this year and Jordan bird is not, is just flashing that, that brilliance. I mean, you know, I mean, you, you still are of the, of the, the same question about, okay, if he's not able to catch passes, then does he, doesn't he need to get 150 carries instead of 30? Because he's just that dynamic. I mean, you got to get the ball in his hands because he's a home run threat. And, you know, you, you can't, as much as you might want to, it's really difficult to, it's really difficult to march the ball down the field and put up 40 points a game. Yeah, 30 points a game. It's really difficult to do that. Um, but again, you know, I think he, he talked about, you know, Snapdragon and the excitement that surrounded that. He talked about playing in San Diego again. And I mean, it's the same thing that we've been hearing from these players about how exciting this upcoming season is. And, you know, we, we, we did touch on the influx of running backs, you know, that they, they play for each other. And it'll be um, interesting to see how that breaks down because, you know, he wants to gain 10 pounds, gets 180. If uh, Chance Bell reaches his goal and starts playing close to 200, I mean, it, it, it'll be how many interesting how, how the carries are broken down um, and how Jeff Horton, you know, arranges the depth chart. So in 2019, he had 16 receptions. Oh, I thought there was a 16 there. For 64 yards total, four yards a catch. Which, with with his speed, that makes no sense to me. In thirty-seven receptions in four years, his longest was twenty yards. Yeah. So that that has to change, and and we I think we both agree with it. The coaches will agree with it as well. I, I think mm-hmm. it's not, it's not a secret uh, of that. You mentioned an influx, so let's talk about Keenan Kristen. Okay. Local San Diego product who decided to go play at USC. Played two years was suspended most of this 2021 season for an altercation. Don't know too much story. Don't know much of the story behind that, but it was enough for USC to suspend him after the first game of the season for the rest of the season. And now he's transferred to San Diego state. You know what? I don't, I don't know too much about him. I didn't follow him when he was a local San Diego kid. I don't know if you did, but what, what are your initial thoughts? Well, I mean, I think the, I think the biggest thing that, that I like about it, um, is that he's young 
this is not, he's not coming in here as a one-time transfer like Braxton Burmeister is where he either performs this year or it's kind of like a waste, you know, you're just kind of like, ah, well, what, what the hell it's, it's going to matter. He, he's, he's there for the long haul. I mean, you know, whatever you, I don't know what he brings this year. Right. I, I, I don't, I, I, the little bit that I, I have looked into and during the time that it was happening, when the incident at USC happened, it, 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 it seemed to be um, something that he apologized for, you know, again, I don't know the details. You don't want to like label a, a judgment on it or anything like that. Cause it's always a little bit difficult to, to know the ins and outs from it, but listening to him, listening to what it said, it, it didn't sound like there was much to it and he um, apologized for it. And then they just kind of ran with it. And, you know, I, I, a lot of times people, you know, they'll, 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 they'll talk about their innocence. And then there's some, you know, crazy video that comes out. You're like, Oh my God, what were, you know, how could you have even considered it? But so looking into the incident, a lot of times people will say that they're innocent, you know, and they'll, and then a table come out and you can't even believe that, you know, you even gave any credence to the idea that nothing happened um, or that it was just something that got blown out of the water from the media. But I think just to his credit, he stuck around and fought for, for his rights and fought and said, look, this is, this is something that is not right. And I'm going to make sure that I'm okay. That, that, that everyone knows that, you know, but on, on the field, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's another just, man, I, 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 life is challenging. You know, if COVID has taught us anything, it's that. And, and sometimes you just need to stay close to the people who know you best and who is your support network and, and who can just let you allow you while you're doing this hard thing of football to be able to live life. And so I think guys, you know, leaving San Diego, running into issues and then coming back and being able to excel is, is really good for San Diego state being able to, to get people maybe the first time and to, and to go and say, why, why am I going to leave my support network when like, this is what's happening here. So I think that's a good thing for the, for the program. I do, as I said before, I like that he's, he's young and he has the ability to play multiple years because they're going to lose Jordan bird. They're losing chance bell. Yeah. And, and then what, I mean, do you really feel comfortable having the next group of people be, be, be guys who have never taken any snaps in college? Um, and so I, I, I look at this, as being something more for next year and down the road than necessarily for, for this season in terms like the featured back, like he could return kicks, things, uh, things like that. But I, I, I'm not really convinced that he, I know we always think SC comes in. Hey, I'm not really convinced that this guy's going to be able to just walk in and be better than chance bell and be better than um, Jordan bird. Knowing knowing Brady Hoke, I would have to imagine that San Diego State did their due diligence on that incident mm-hmm. and were happy with what they heard, found out, investigated. Uh, so I'm not too worried about that either. I agree. You know, he has elite speed, right? He's a track guy. Um, he's got elite speed. He's up there with Jordan Bird. Uh, if Jordan Bird had not returned this year, his fit would be a lot more impactful, I think, in 2022. But I agree with you. I don't know where he fits this season, you know, because he's not big enough to be to me from the little I've seen from him and read. I don't think he's every down back, a workhorse like that. 
Uh, he did have a couple games where he got, you know, 15 to 20 carries at SC. So he, he did do that. So he has he brings experience to a group that doesn't have a ton of experience outside of Chance Bell and Jordan Bird. So that those are positives for sure. And special teams, obviously, he can stand next to Jordan Bird and the kickoff return and, who you know, who are you going to kick it to, right? So, so those are all really good positives. With one scholarship remaining, I was surprised that it was used on a running back, a non-every-down running back versus an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman. Um, I did think that they would have gone after a guy in the trenches with that last scholarship spot. Now, maybe there's scholarship players that are transferring out that they're aware of, and maybe another scholarship opens up. But I was surprised that it ended up being a running back that was it's not an every-down guy. And I'm also curious how many years of eligibility he has, right? He's got at least two. But what happens with the – like, if your team suspends you, can you technically use a red shirt for that? And so does he have three years left? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if you do, Paul. But he could – He hasn't have- redshirted. He hasn't redshirted. So I think he can use that as his redshirt year. Even if you're suspended by your team? I believe so, yes. Okay. So then he would have three years. Which, which then probably does make become a more long-term play than if you only had two years. But yeah, it's, it's, I'm, it's never a bad thing to sign to, to get a guy that has elite speed, a hometown guy, could do a lot of good things. It's just, I was surprising that this, that spot was used for a running back. Yeah. I mean, I think we, we had said from the, from the, we said from the get-go, how they chose to use those kind of final scholarships was going to be, you know, really indicative of where they think the offensive line is. Um, you know, I've, I've said repeatedly that, that I agree with you that I think they should have added, you know, one more um, just, just for depth. And, and they did, they had a walk on guy come on who um, is a junior college player has played yeah. and, and might have that ability to, to be able to be that depth piece. Um, but, but we said all along, like if, if they don't add anybody, it's because they actually think that their line can be good. And, and so I think that maybe, maybe that's, they're kind of showing their hand that way. I think that the, the, the smart part about this is, is what we've kind of been discussing is you can't go in there into the following season into, you know, 2023 and, you know, you have Jalen Armstead who I don't know what, how many carries he's going to get this year to probably red shirt freshman. Uh, maybe Lucky Sutton is able to to not have to redshirt this year, um, but he's not. You know, whatever wherever he's at. I mean, obviously, if him or Sheldon Canley is a star, you know that changes the dynamic of everything. But who knows what how many how many carries they're going to get? So if you were going into twenty twenty three and you were thinking to yourself, okay, we're going to have to go out and get a running back in the in the junior college or somebody or transfer. I think it's way better to have a guy like this who can season himself in the program, get everything going in the right direction. Um, and, you know, you also, I mean, just profiling people, I mean, you got, you got Cam Davis, right. He's, he's got that, that Jordan bird type speed who uh, going back to the interview, I thought it was hilarious when he's saying, you know, I'm too old. I don't race. <laughs> yeah. 20, 22 year old saying, I'm too uh, old. <laughs> come on, man. Uh, I, I, I was hoping that he, you know, yeah, you just how humble of a kid he is, you know, the, the bravado of like, yeah, I think everyone says I'm the fastest player on the team. Well, I don't know anymore. 
right? I mean, this this yeah. this guy this guy is um, Kenan Christian is a, is a man. He he's a he's fast. I mean, the, the you watch his track stuff, um, it's it's impressive. And but he would profile into some of those two back things. He would profile into you know finding into Jordan Bird's role. Right. And yeah. so you're, you're you, I think that's that's smart. It's smart to get somebody who can play that role. And instead of like having somebody else coach them and hope that what they're coaching them in fits with what the Aztecs are doing, they're going to get that opportunity here. And and, you know, let's just say what it is. I mean, if, if this is the best back, he's going to play. I mean, they they the coaching staff had no issue when Greg Bell showed himself to be the best runner to say, yeah, he's, he just got here above these guys, but he's better and he's going to be our lead, our lead back. Um, so if he's better then then he's going to, he's going to get that opportunity. I have my doubts. I have my doubts whether or not he is going to be able to just right away, come in and be better than two guys who have been in the program for a long time and been really good players for the Aztecs. Yeah. One last comment on him. We were talking about, you know, the lack of receptions for Jordan bird and touchdowns. I mean, he, he had 13 catches for 126 yards and three touchdowns at USC. Now, I don't know whether those were, you know, screens that he just had, you know, gaping hole and ran, you know, over, you know, wide open, or if they were routes that he ran out of the backfield. I haven't looked at that, and I, do, I will look at that uh, in the coming weeks. But, you know, just that, if that, if that he can help unlock that part of the offense, could, could be a big factor, too. Without question. And, and um, I, I, I don't think that it's lost on Aztec nation as, as they've been looking at his highlights that uh, his big game came against Arizona. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the Aztecs first opponent. Um, so, I mean, his, his averages per carry, his average per reception is high, but you, you also want to, you know, I, I think, I think there there should be a little bit of caution. He 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 is at at SC during a time when, you know, they haven't been phenomenal. Um, they're they're recruiting in terms of like levels and things like that. We're a lot closer to San Diego State's level of recruiting than than um, people are used to. Numerous recruits during that era chose San Diego State over USC. You know, I I, I don't necessarily think that it's just like a a plug and play kind of a, a situation um, and, you know, Chance Bell and, and um, Jordan Bird are, are definitely going to be excited to compete because both of those guys said they have aspirations to be in the NFL. And if you have aspirations to be in the NFL, then you shouldn't be afraid of, of, of a, a guy coming in and, and um, competing with you for some runs from carries this, this year. Absolutely. That's going to do it for us. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the interviews and our discussion on the newest Aztec. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to like, subscribe, share, comment, all of the above. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys next time. You are listening to the SDSU Football Podcast, presented by the East Village Times with your hosts, Andre Hagverdian and Paul Garrison.